Most professionals will tell you networking is an essential part of business, and some people are better than others when it comes to forming and maintaining these strong circles of contacts. But what's the underlying psychology behind networking? I'm Robin Shannon, and this is Fordham Conversations. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try Today I'm talking with Dr. Michelle Weber, Clinical Assistant Professor of Management Systems at Fordham University's Gabelli School of Business. She'll offer explanations and suggestions for getting into the right networking frame of mind, explain how to network creatively, and offer tips for anyone who is shy or just doesn't like the idea of networking. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. So, Michelle, what makes one person good at networking while someone else may think they're lousy at it? Well, Robin, I would say that the person who says that they're good at networking is simply somebody who has learned over time how to do it. I don't think that one person is necessarily born with the ability to be a better networker than someone else. It's a learned trait, you're saying. Exactly. So, Michelle, how important is networking? Robin, networking is very, very important because I would say close to 80% 80 of the jobs out there, and this has been researched, are not listed. They're not listed on, on companies' websites. They're not listed out there for people to access. So the only way to access them is through networking. Now, can you define networking? So networking is really utilizing relationships in your life to access information um, that's important to you and access other relationships. That's really what networking is all about. Now, it sounds simple. It sounds like, okay, I'm just going to meet somebody and form a relationship with them. But how do you make sure it's a professional relationship that's going to help you in a professional sense, maybe a career building sense, as opposed to like, hey, we're going to end up hanging out with this person that I ended up meeting? <laughs> well, sometimes it winds up being both. <laughs> okay. And that's great. But here's the thing. You never know. You know, you never know. What I tell people, and especially what I tell my students, is that you have to approach these kind of conversations in a very authentic way. And you have to be truthful to yourself and look at the situation as an opportunity to simply meet another individual and get to know them. And in that conversation, it's in your interest to share your background um, what you you know what you've done in your life, what you've studied, what you're interested in doing, um, where you're at right now in your life, and to also ask them, and maybe more importantly, ask them what's going on in their life. What have they done? What are they interested in doing? So the idea that it's I'm going into this situation, into this meeting, into this, you know, connection with somebody so I can get something out of it. That should not be the way Ex someone who networks need to be needs to think about it. Correct. They can't think selfishly. Exactly. And I tell my students, that's the first thing you want to remove from your mind when you walk into these situations. Me, me, me. Me, me, me. That needs to not be present in any of these conversations. Seriously, because that gets in the way. And frankly, that's what causes people the anxiety that they have about networking. Because if you think about it, people feel uncomfortable walking into a situation where they don't know the other person, but in their mind, they're thinking, I want to gain something from this other person. So that's really not a natural situation, right? But if you remove that factor of, I need to gain something from this other person, then you're more comfortable. 
So I say remove it and look at it as a genuine conversation. You're meeting another person. So you talk about you, they talk about them, and focus on them. And that will get you away from focusing on you. It still sounds a little uh, simple, especially for someone like me, believe it or not, who's sort of shy in these, you know, <clears throat> tossed into these situations. <clears throat> so, Michelle, if you have someone who you simply said, OK, go in and talk about you. But what do I need to say? Do I how do I how do I know what subjects are good to talk about as opposed to, a, a, you know, a conversation I might have with my sister or my brother? Those would be different than in this networking situation, wouldn't it? So if somebody's quiet or they're introverted and have a hard time coming up with things they might say about themselves, um, what I would tell a person like that is ask the other person questions. It's definitely easier to come up with questions for the other person than it is to maybe come up with things for, about yourself to talk about. So keep that in mind. And I want to point one, one important thing out, and that is that a lot of people think of networking in terms of networking events. Like, I have to network. I have to, you know, there's a, a networking event on campus or there's a networking event at my church or my synagogue that I'm going to go to. And what I tell people is don't think about it like that. Networking happens all the time. Every day you have the opportunity to network. And if you think like that, if you think of networking in terms of it being the building of relationships and authentic conversations with other people and your ways to connect with other people, then you have opportunities every day, all day long to network. And frankly, I'm of the belief that going to networking events doesn't really lead you to where you want to go. Because I think most people think, uh, I have to attend this specific event to meet these specific people so I can make this specific impression. You're saying, nope, don't even mm -hmm. worry about it. Some people like those type of events. I don't go for them. Yeah. I don't advise it because to me it feels very fake. You know, to me, networking works when it's very authentic. And what does very authentic mean? That you're just being you and you're being true to yourself and you're having a genuine conversation with the other person, you get to some point of connection with them, and it leads to something where they might say, hey, you know, I know somebody that you should talk to. So I'll give you an example. You know, and here's something that I always, I like to do this role play in my class, because, um, you know, we'll talk about these points, and I, I see my students looking at me like, okay, I get it, I get and it. And these are undergraduate students at Fordham? Uh, these mm -hmm. are sophomore students in my management class. And I said, all right, we have to make this real now. Okay, let's go. Somebody get up here. So I say, okay, here's the, here's, here's the situation. You're on a plane ride. You're going down to Miami, and it's spring break. And you sit down, and right next to you, there's a, a gentleman with a briefcase, and you see that he's got a tag on his luggage, and it says he's the head of marketing at, I don't know, some consumer products company in Manhattan. And, you know, you're a finance major. You don't necessarily have any interest in marketing, but he works for a company that you have an interest in. He's looking at you and you're looking at him and you have an opportunity to strike up a conversation or you can take a snooze and go to sleep for the two hours, <laughs> right? And I say, now, what would you do? And I'm not saying you bother the person. If the person wants to sleep, obviously, let him sleep. But if he starts to engage in a chit-chat, you know, you can very naturally, and I ask him, like, what could you say? And it comes up... You can bring up the conversation. Hey, you know, what, what do you, you know, what do you do for company X, Y, and Z? That's a, you know, you're you're an adult now. You're 18. You're 19. You, you, it's fair game. You're not. That's not. That's a normal thing to ask. Hey, what, what, what do you do for that company? So first, think of yourself yeah. as an adult and able to ask these questions. Exactly. Don't be afraid to ask the right. questions. And that's something that I tell students because a lot of the times, again, get rid of that notion that I'm gaining something. Stop it. 
you know, think of yourself as an adult in an authentic conversation. And what would an adult say? Hey, what do you do for that? Let's call a company ABC. What do you do for company ABC? And that person would say, well, I'm, you know, chief marketing officer or whatever. I'm a brand manager, whatever they are. It almost sounds like what you're saying, Michelle, is they should think in terms of like if they're going to a friend's party where you're going to meet people who you might know, you might not know. But it's a very casual conversation where you're going to try to get to know somebody else, not necessarily something for your own gain. Exactly. But what happens when you get past the what do you do for a living? Where do you live? Um, oh, is it great to work at that company? Right. Mm-hmm. Then how do you get into the into the networking part where okay. you can make a connection? Oh, perfect. Okay, so when you ask Tom those kinds of questions, most people like to be asked those kinds of questions because most people do like to talk about themselves. I had this job. I'm doing this. I've been at the company X amount of years. Okay, people do like to share their backgrounds. And at some point, here's what's going to happen. That person is going to turn around and say to you, and what about you? And then the conversation will probably veer towards what are you studying and so on and so forth. The opportunity may arise there for, hey, you know, I know somebody in marketing that you may want to meet or that I can introduce you to and so on and so forth, or it may not, and that's your opportunity. But if it doesn't get to that point, mm-hmm. I'm on this I'm on this plane with this Tom, mm-hmm. and I want to get, to, I want that number of that person who works in the department that I want to work in. And he hasn't mentioned it. How do I get okay. that information out of him? Okay. So that's what my students ask all the time. So if you've had a nice conversation with the person, and you'll know it, you'll know whether it was a good conversation or not, you could, when you are getting off the flight, you can say, hey, Tom, would you mind if I connect with you on LinkedIn? I'd like to stay in touch with you. And um, and continue the conversation once we get back to New York and um, and see what he says, and you take it from there. You'll know also by that response if you can go forward or not. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a very gentle way of saying you want to stay connected. We're going to stay connected, and then and then you can you know take it from there. Michelle, what is the number one mistake that people usually make when trying to network? What makes people uncomfortable with networking is that they feel powerless in the sense that I want something from this other person, but I don't have anything to offer them, but why should they give me anything? And so what I tell students and I tell, you know, people my own age who also, they they need to network. They may be going back to work at, after having kids and they want to get back to the market. You never know um, what you have to offer that other person. So for example, my students will look at me, they say, what can I possibly offer John Smith, who's the VP of finance at this bank, what can I possibly offer him? And I would like him to give me an informational interview. And I say, okay, what are you really good at that maybe he's not good at? If you're in a conversation with him, let's just say, in a, in a very real conversation with him, he's having some technology problems or he needs help with social media. These are things, for example, that like my students, that, that whole generation is great with. Social networking. Yeah, and you can say, hey, you know, um, Mr. Smith, I, I'd be happy to help you out. If you offer up something, that person's going to feel naturally inclined to give you back something. 
Now, I do want to backtrack a little, Michelle. Mm -hmm. You said to get in the right frame of mind, and that's when we get into the whole psychology part of networking. Mm -hmm. So what do I need to tell myself to get in the right frame of mind? It's easy to say that, just like it's easy to say, hey, put down the fork if you want to lose some weight. Go exercise. It's easy. But what do you really need to tell yourself mentally to get yourself prepared for this? If I'm feeling a little insecure, I'm feeling like, oh, I have to go. Like you said, I'm on this uneven playing field. I don't have anything to offer this person. What is it that I need to be telling myself that's going to get me to feel like I'm on a level playing field with someone and have the right, for lack of a better word, to ask them about, you know, themselves and ask and tell them about me? How what do I need to say to myself to get me in that right frame of mind? So they need to be clear, first of all, about what it is that they're after. You know, what's their goal? You know, once they figure that out, they can target people in that field. Then there's lots of ways, by the way, to to get to a goal. And I don't, I don't think that people use half of the resources that they have. Today, you've got lots of resources that we didn't have years ago. You have LinkedIn. LinkedIn is an amazing resource where you can connect with one person who connects with other people. You've got the world at your fingertips. So if you want access to information, you can play all day on LinkedIn and find names of people or companies that do that specific work and find people that you would like to talk to and find the people that can connect you to those people. Okay, We didn't have that years ago. So once you find that, because that's a form of networking, it doesn't all have to be face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. So once I find this name of this person on this company that I want to work for, mm -hmm. what should I say to them? What should I email to them or text to them? or Don't come out of the gate and say, can they help me get a job? Can they offer me a job? Because nobody willingly wants to sit and talk with you with that pressure on them that they've got to offer you, Robin, a job, mm -hmm. right? You wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to do mm -hmm. that, right? I'd just say I'm not available to I'm not available to you for another six months or I don't know something like that. Mm -hmm. So, so you don't want to say that. But if you say that I would like Robin, I would like to get on your calendar because I want to learn more about the radio business. And I, I'm thinking about going into it and, you know, you have a lot of knowledge. You have a, an amazing background. And I've looked, I've looked you up on LinkedIn and I, you know, I've admired you and, and would you be willing to give me 20 minutes of your time? And I will avail myself to you whenever you give me that time. Enough times people will say, you know what, I'll give this kid a shot or I'll give this person a shot. They, because people, again, people like to talk about themselves. See, that's different than somebody hitting you up for a job. I have another buddy of mine who um, is is very high up in media, and he suggests if you want to schedule some time with me, like you said, ask to take me out to lunch or ask to take me out for coffee. If you're you know a, a young student who doesn't make a lot of money, because at at the very least, it's not just taking up my time. I'm getting something. At the very least, I'm getting something for my information. That's what he said. A lot of times, I'll have I'll have people that will want to connect with me, and they'll say, "Hey, I'll take you." I had this recently. I'll take you out to lunch. I want to take you for breakfast. And I say, I don't have the time for lunch and I don't have the time for breakfast. Okay, so um, how about we just spend 15 minutes or, you know, either on the phone or in person or whatever. So sometimes that works depending on the person and sometimes not. And I'll t I want to say one other thing. A lot of times the other person, even when they do agree to a meeting, sometimes it may be a phone meeting. And one thing with networking is you want to fight for a face-to-face -face meeting. Why? So... Because you leave a lasting impression, hands down, a lot, you know, you are so much more powerful in person. When I say you, I mean nearly everybody, mm -hmm. okay? People are more, more memorable in person, obviously, than they are 
over the phone. So if that person says, hey, you know, let's just do a phone interview, you say, I would really like to come and shake your hand. I, I, I'm pretty flexible. If you don't mind, I've waited this long to meet you. Let me do it in person. You know, you, you know, you say something like that, a person has a hard time turning you down. You want to fight to get in there because face-to-face is a lot more, a lot more powerful and memorable. You want to be memorable. Why? Because let's say, let's say a person wants to break into radio and they wanted to get on your calendar. You're not hiring them, right? But they finally make it in here. And you sit with them and you give them advice about breaking into the radio industry and you say goodbye to them and have a nice day and have a nice life, okay? But guess what? Two weeks later, there's a job here that opens up. There's an internship or whatever. You remember them. You say, hey, I met that girl. What's her name again? Stacy, whatever. Let me give her a call. You know what? She'd be great for this job. See, had you talked to her on the phone, the odds are... She's not going to remember you. You got it. You said something else, too. Remain flexible. You were like, you know, I'm flexible. I'll come and meet you. I think that's um, something that needs to be remembered a little bit more, that you have to be willing to work within someone else's calendar. It's not about, I want to meet you. Um, and I'm going to do it on my time. Oh, no. You know, it has, oh, my you have God. to be flexible for the person that you're trying to meet. I, I, say, to my, I say to my students, I say, listen, you know, I'm going to tell you two conflicting things. On one hand, I'm telling you, don't feel like you're powerless. And on the other hand, I'm telling you, you are powerless. Okay? <laughs> so let's get Don't feel here. like it, but recognize you like are. It. It's kind of like get over it, but <laughs> right. deal with it. Right. Get over it, but deal with it. Okay, so here's, here's where you're powerless. Okay, you are at their beck and call. If they have time for you at 8 in the morning or 7 in the morning, I don't care if you've got to put your alarm clock on at 5 to wake up because we all know you can't get up before (laughs) 8, okay, without three alarms going off. You get up, okay, because you need to be there for when John Smith is available to give you time. Right. Okay? This is about his availability. Or you might have to set your alarm at three because John says, hey, I go jogging at five on the treadmill. So come and talk to me while I'm on the treadmill. So I have to be there at five. Right. So that's what, right. So that's where you're powerless and he's all powerful. Right. Okay. But once we get past that, okay, then when you're in there with John, then I want your ego to come back to you. And then I don't want you to feel powerless in there. Okay. Because if you feel powerless, you can't have an authentic conversation. This is Fordham Conversations on 90.7 WFUV. I'm Robin Shannon. Today I'm talking with Fordham professor Michelle Weber. We're discussing the psychology behind networking and how to do it creatively, even if you're shy. Michelle, earlier you said networking is about relationships. So Mm -hmm. do you find it more challenging for people to network now, especially in the age of often a disconnect because of social media? I know you said earlier you can connect with someone on on LinkedIn, but I'm thinking going back to the whole idea of psychology and having the right frame of mind when you're networking. If I am used to if I'm used to being solitary in my room with my shows on Netflix alone. I'm communicating with people through emails. I don't really hear my phone ring much. My social skills might not be up to the level of being comfortable enough to verbally go out with that type of confidence and say, hey, I'm just going to walk out and talk to somebody. Do you find that that this age of social social media and what some would say is a disconnect because of social media affects how people network now younger generations are a lot less social than those generations were years ago because of um, all the technology that they have access to and that's 
that's just what I, be, I believe. Um, and you just look around you and you see how many hours that they spend um, with their iPads, their laptops. And, and I was like, I'm trying to contact my niece and nephew and I'm like going to call them and they're like, text me. Right. You know, it's like, don't call, right. text, you know, don't call, email. Exactly. I know, know, it's exactly. I ha- you know, I, I see that all the time. I see with my kids, it's like they, they never will pick up the phone to right. call. I have two, I have one going to college and one in college. They will never... I never hear their voices, right? But they're just texting you know, they're away. Just their fingers are moving all, all day long. Um, so I think that that generation is a lot more. They're a lot less social. So yeah, that's a negative. But on the on the positive end, they have access to so many, what I'll call like like outer layer relationships. Those people have access to information that, in all probability, you would not have. See, your good friends have access probably to the same information that you do. So if there's a job open, you'll know about it, right? But if your friend Jane has a friend Tim or maybe has another friend Sam, what Sam knows, in all probability, you do not know. So most jobs comes from come from that outer layer where Sam is located. When I was researching for this interview, uh, I noticed you mentioned professional allies and so-called weak ties or acquaintances. So what's the difference between the two when it comes to networking. So we find an acquaintance is somebody that you know. It's probably somebody in that like that outer layer. So it's some it's a good friend's friend. Somebody that you know and maybe they're on they're connected with you on LinkedIn or maybe you know them through Facebook or whatever, but they're not necessarily a close friend that you talk to often, but but you know them. Professional ties are people that you're in school with, maybe your professors. You know, if I take a student, for example, they'll go to their professors. They'll hit up their parents and their aunts and uncles, and that's fine. You know, and something may come of that. But what I say is reach out beyond that. Your professors may know other people. And here's another tip. When you talk to your, you know, your immediate level people, meaning your parents, your aunts and uncles, your cousins, your friends, your professors, right, your advisors, after you've, you know, when you're ending the conversation, always ask them if they know or they suggest other people whom you should talk to. I know it's a, just a very simple question, but it's a really good question. And it makes them think, hmm, you know, maybe there is somebody that they could recommend to you. I'll give you an example about weak tie. I had a student recently that, and I don't want to divulge anything about his background, but he was interested in a field that is, I, I called it a very, very narrow field, meaning like, like I personally don't know too many people. I thought I didn't know anybody in that field, actually, until I sat down and I was started talking to him. And um, and I said, boy, you know, I, I'd love to help you out. I said, I honestly, I, I didn't even hear about this field before, but it, you're educating me. And I said, you know what, let's for the heck of it, let's look at LinkedIn. I pulled up my own LinkedIn and lo and behold, I couldn't believe it. This was really amazing. My daughter... I have three kids. My little ones, good friend's mom was you know, was in this field. Mm-hmm. Okay. She had a, a pretty So you had a connection with that you didn't even know you I had didn't a, even know, a networking connection. Right. And I, I speak to the woman once in a while, probably you know, to make play dates for our girls. I had no idea this is what she did. And and I said to my student, because I, I really, my heart went out to him, <laughs> buddy, you're having a hard time here. I, I'm blaming, I don't know anybody in this field. So, you know what, let me, let me call, we'll call her, we'll call her um, Jane. Let me call up Jane for you and let me see if she can even help us out here. She'll do me a favor. 
And she did me a favor, and she wound up interviewing him. So wait, now what? It, what for for parents who have kids mm-hmm. who might need a little help? What did you say to your your friend who you didn't know to get her to interview this no, this young no, man? Well, I said, to, well, I said to Jane, um, Jane, I had no idea. I listen. I was authentic. Here we go. I was authentic. I said, Jane, I had no idea that this is what you did for a living. Wow. I'm very impressed. I said, I am really, I said, I'm looking up your background here on LinkedIn. I am really impressed. I said, and the reason why I'm calling you is because I know, um, I have a student and his name is X and he wants to learn here. And I did not say he's looking for a job. Mm -hmm. I said, he wants to learn more about the field because this is his field of study. And do you think you can spare any time? And here's where my student, I'm making him powerless. He's got, <laughs> I said, he will avail himself to you whenever you've got time. He'll come and meet with you um, just to hear any advice you have for him about the field and how he could learn more and so on and so forth. And she did. And she met with him. See, when you approach it that way, there was no, there was no pressure on her. Right. And, and they had a conversation and, and, it, and it went very well and okay so you've been really good at explaining how we can meet and greet people mm-hmm. you know go up introduce yourself if you're on an airplane or such or um try to make some time to just kind of pick their brain about a position you're interested in or or a field you're interested in how after you form these networking relationships how do you keep them oh okay great that was my next point it's really important to maintain the relationships that you have and there's a great book by Reed Hoffman, and Reed Hoffman is the founder of LinkedIn. So he talks about how he spends a, a good amount of time each month just going to lunch and breakfast with his network, with his network of people, because he benefits from that each time. So he'll go to lunch, he'll go to breakfast, and things come out, good things come out of those conversations. You know, I always I tell my students, I have a very good friend. Mary Rose and and she has I would say she has never been out of work and I I know she doesn't she wouldn't mind if I'm using her name she has never been out of work for more than I'd say two or three weeks at a time Um, what's her secret and her secret is she's an amazing networker but when I say that the amazing thing about what she does is that she's She's always in touch with the people. Now, stays in touch how? Email, phone call, cards for Christmas or or Hanukkah or whatever? You know what? Cards don't do it for me. I'm all about, you know, a real interaction where you see the person, where you can engage them in a conversation. You can see them physically. They're they're happy. They're not happy. You can react to that. A card is just like, a card is easy. I think it's, you know, what's harder is better. It's harder to make the you know make the arrangements to meet them in a restaurant to sit down and talk, but it's better. And you know, I can tell you that personally, um, I have found that it, that it works. I have uh, my my former boss from Philip Morris. I worked at Philip Morris for a good number of years before I came to Fordham, and uh, I have lunch with him every month for the past few years, and I have gained so much from those lunch meetings with him. You know different ideas and connections and and listen you got to make the time to co- what I what I say cult- when I say cultivate those relationships um, 
you know, those relationships lead you to other relationships and helps you build your network. Now, Michelle, how does someone refrain from maybe coming on too strong? We've had situations, you know, um, I've had situations where people after meeting and, you know, picking my brain, which is fine. Then they contacted other people. They contacted practically every single solitary person I worked with, everyone, to try to network with each and every one of them, asking them the same questions. No. And it just, it seemed a little excessive. So how do you... I would say, Robin, you know what I would say to a person like that? Boy, you have an awful lot of energy, don't you? You know, I have a better idea for how you can use your energy. Really. And that person would say... And they would stop dead in their tracks because that's a little, I would say it in a nice way. I never offend people. I try not to offend people. I would say, you have an awful lot of energy, but I tell you what, buddy, I have a better way for you to use your energy. And they'd say, how? And I say, you should take your energy and offer up something to that. You really want Robin, right? Let's talk about who you really want. You really want Robin. So stop wasting your time trying to get all the people around Robin. Let's go for Robin. Okay. Offer up something to Robin that Robin really needs or wants, okay, that would make her happy and do it. So even if you, and a person might say, well, what, what can I do? I say, well, what skill do you have? Do you have knowledge of social media? Do you have, you have, think about what you have. Do you have time? Do you have a, a certain skill? Even if you have nothing more than motivation, okay, volunteer to Robin. Say, I will, let me do a project for you, Robin. Give me something that you have no time to do or you can't get to it. I will gladly do it for you just for the experience of it. Please let me volunteer my time and efforts for you. A lot of times they'll take you up on it. And if you do a good job, in the end, they're going to feel like they have to reciprocate. So take your motivation and channel it in a positive way. And people have a hard time turning that away, you know. But they will turn you away very quickly if it comes off as aggressive and annoying. I'd like to thank my guest, Fordham Professor Michelle Weber. I'd also like to thank my producer, Marina Koff. For WFUV's Fordham Conversations, I'm Robin Shannon.